Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, and that is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Tyler Guthrie. And you can see our show mascot here uh, dipping his head into the picture just a little bit. It is the one and only Doc. How are you doing tonight, Tyler? I'm doing all right. Got most of my stuff moved in the new apartment. I got a bookshelf in the back that is conveniently blocked by my head that's got all my diecasts on it. So I was going to say, that's a great placement for that. Yeah, see, Especially I, I was... in the dark when you can't see it either. <laughs> well, maybe we should stop recording this damn podcast at 2 a.m. <laughs> or maybe you should turn the lights on and not be a vampire. Nah, vampire's good for me. Oh, is it? Work well, lights right now, anyway. To be fair... We were going to record this a lot earlier on Sunday night, and then uh, Dover had to be Dover and rain as usual, uh, so it got backed up into Tyler's work schedule and made things really hard. I was actually off the last two nights because I'm on vacation at the moment from the day job, so that's been nice, but um doesn't really help the podcast if uh, the race gets backed into Tyler's work schedule. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I'm still able to pretty much watch. I was able to watch most of the cup race and got to see IndyCar and Xfinity, so missed out on ARCA again, but we'll get there. We're we're getting there. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I don't know that you missed that much with ARCA. It wasn't a bad race by any means. Um, Probably one of the better ARCA East Dover races that I've seen in a while, but wasn't that much going on in it. Um, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the ARCA Rewind show uh, Sunday morning, I believe, was when I put that out. So, um, got through most of the actual race recap for that. But um, I do want to give a shout-out real quick while we're on that to uh, to Tony Bridinger. I, I don't know where she's gotten the speed from this year, but... Um, I've been very hard on her in the past, but as I said on the Rewind show, I want to give credit where credit's due, and she was surprisingly fast in this race. Ran as high as fourth, was running fourth when her uh, car kind of stalled on the last caution and ended up relegating her to seventh, but um, I don't know. Are we are we seeing a new Tony Bridinger this year? I think it's because of that annoying Toyota commercial they got. Probably. That... That is a very annoying commercial, although I can take that a lot more than, hey, neighbor! <laughs> I just scared Doc. I'm sorry, Doc. Between Doc hey, like neighbor, and... Yeah, between hey, neighbor, and looks like you got a corner office. I'm not enjoying <laughs> commercials this year. I don't mind that one so much, but I also don't like, I need to try it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, Coke. It doesn't help that we're going to commercial break like every 15 laps. Right. You're the same. Yeah, I don't mind if we're doing commercials all the time. It's when it's the same commercial every single commercial break. Mm-hmm. And there's like five that they play the whole freaking season. It's like, just stop. Yep. Please. I understand See, that, that your product exists. Now you're making me want to boycott it. Right. And that's the thing. The thing with my understanding of commercials has always been that the point of a commercial is to make me, the consumer want to purchase your product or your service or whatever you're advertising. I actively do not want T-Mobile home internet or (laughs) Coca-Cola zero sugar. 
I actively do not want either one of them anymore. In fact, I will probably never buy anything from either one of them ever again. That's how much their commercials have annoyed me. Tune in to Rookie Stress Podcast for your business advice. <laughs> right? You're going to start charging listeners for business consulting. That's right. $100 for five minutes. That's how you make money in business, kids. Well, Geico could save you 15% or more, so. Well, we're not Geico. Yeah, that's true. Notice we're that they dropped the 15 minutes in 15 minutes or less because they realized they can't always do it in 15 minutes. Oh, did they? I haven't even noticed that. I've been too they busy haven't had the... listening to Hey Neighbor. <laughs> yeah, they haven't had 15 minutes on there for a while. It's been a few years, I think. The I'm, Geico I don't know Gecko they... is starting to get a little bit. Old. Yeah, I, I think that one's played out a little bit. Geico needs something new there. It's like it's it's fine if we did like the older Geico type commercials, but now it's just like I don't know. The one with the Geico Gecko doing a garage sales gun way too many times too. Yeah, I I don't know what the deal with that is because you're right. It does seem like they're playing the same commercials over and over and over again. And I don't feel like that was always the case. And I wonder no. if it's, I wonder if it's just I wonder what the choice there is or if there was a choice. Is that the only companies that will buy advertising space on NASCAR now so they have to keep playing them or well, I don't know if it's that or if it's a local TV thing. I don't think it's local. Generally what so it either. My I think how that works. I got a broad understanding of this in college when I was going for broadcasting. Uh, generally, how it works on national broadcasts like that, I believe, is usually like the first commercial or two and like the last commercial or two, maybe at most, will be local stuff. Anything in the middle of the break is always what's coming from the national feed. Okay, so, so pay attention to the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds of the commercial break and you're good. Right. So, but but see, that's the thing. So our T-Mobile, Coke, Geico, those commercials that are getting played so much, are those the only ones willing to buy space on an NASCAR broadcast now? Or has Fox got some weird advertising model to where they're only selling it to these few companies and going, we'll play you as much as we possibly can. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a mixture of both of those things. Yeah. You got to think how many people are really trying to invest their time and money into NASCAR right now. I mean, I guess it's kind of gone the up now that Chase Elliott's back. Third week in a row, we're still here, and Chase Elliott's back. Oh, I didn't see that commercial this week. There was there wasn't an official NASCAR commercial on it this week. It's just still, you know, it's probably more just a joke now. But it doesn't help yeah. that he won this race last year, and now everybody's like, "He's back again." Speaking We're gonna be of doing jokes. this next year. Speaking of jokes, did you see where Fox was getting in on the Ross Chastain memes, and they were making all the thanks Ross stuff, and they threw in the oh. where he wrecked um, Brendan Poole. Yeah, they made a. They're they're trying to get in on the memes now. You know um, it's bad when Fox Sports is memeing you, right? Maybe 
that's the cue to stop whatever you've been doing. Yeah. I see. And that's the thing. And I don't know. I don't know how much longer Ross is going to keep getting away with this. I mean, to be honest, he's going to keep getting away with it as long as nobody really puts him in check for it. I mean, Larson today was probably about the most that he's ever gotten in retaliation for something like this outside of Denny at Phoenix, which wasn't really direct retaliation for anything. It was just Denny not liking Ross and just going, screw you. I'm going to the back. I'm taking you with me. Um, I'd I'd like to bring up the point that it's kind of like the most we've seen Kyle Larson retaliate against anybody. Because I I know Tony Stewart alluded to this on Dale Jr. Download last week, and he was talking about Kyle Larson and when they had the tangle with Bubba Wallace at Atlanta, and they were getting in a shoving match after they wrecked, and Tony's told Larson that, he should have decked him, and Larson's like, I don't know how to fight anybody. I've never fought mm-hmm. anybody before. Right. But you get guys like Larson, who are usually pretty easygoing, I would think, and you start pissing them off. Who else? Who is he not pissed off at this point? Pretty much everybody. I mean, he even pissed off his own teammate at Coda. So I don't think there's anybody in that garage that hasn't been pissed at him at some point or another at this point and honestly uh, if i'm somebody in that garage it's getting very old but yeah. the thing is nobody's putting him in check for it i mean outside of larson today um just slowing him up which i did think was kind of funny uh chastain was very clearly catching truex near the end of the race that truex laps larson the wrecked car of larson and then larson just basically parks it in front of Chastain for, I don't know, lap and a half or so. And Chastain went from like a half second back to like three seconds back. Um, which and I also thought it was funny that Chastain had the gall to, when he goes to pass Larson, took a swipe at him like, hey, bro, the f*** you doing? Like, he doesn't know that he's the reason Larson's in that position. Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to bring up that the last time somebody tried to retaliate against Ross Chastain, it was Denny Hamlin, he got a penalty for it. So it's kind of like Ross almost has free reign of whatever the hell he wants to do to anybody in the field, and they can't do anything back to him because NASCAR never sees the first incident. They always see the retaliation and penalize on that. But I just, I don't understand how he keeps getting away with it. Because, you know, back in the day, like, Keselowski would bump into Gordon and Gordon would go find him and punch him in the nose after the race. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't want to be promoting, you know, fist fights in NASCAR, although they do make, like, really awesome highlight sections. Mm-hmm. But at some point, like, he's never going to realize that you're pissed off by them when you're driving the cars. He's just going to drive through you anyway. Right. You got to make it about something more than just the car, because I don't think he's I don't think he cares about the car enough for that to be what makes him understand. I think you got to none of these guys do at this point. None of these guys have their own money going into this car. None of them like and they're going to get a new car next week. Maybe not necessarily now that the next gen's a thing and it's all spec cars, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's not it's not like we've got any 
owner drivers out there that are that are paying their way through the sport, at least not at the cup level anymore. So well, that's the none of thing. them that means anything to like you got to You got to hit him somewhere where it actually where it actually hurts. Um, right. That's one of the fun things I think about watching Xfinity and trucks, because a lot of those guys, owner drivers, like that's their thing. I mean, that car is going to have to go back to the shop and it's going to have to come back to the track next week and they get taken out by, especially like cup regulars that come down and they get taken out by them. They get mad and it, it's mm-hmm. fun to watch all the emotion in it. And sometimes the cup series just kind of like, Oh man, I got wrecked. Too bad okay. we're already locked into the points. I mean, <laughs> right. Okay. So I just had an interesting thought. You mentioned that, the last time somebody retaliated against Chastain, they got penalized. Denny Hamlin. Is NASCAR going to penalize Larson for this? For manipulating the race? Because that's well, what they penalized Hamlin for. Yeah. Now, See, okay. I guess the argument there is Hamlin made contact with him. Larson just kind of parked in front of him. But they still remember, manipulated the race because but if, the but president that, has been set. Because if you remember Bristol a couple of years ago, oh, I know which that was going to be my next Larson point, Harvick. Because mm-hmm. they that didn't was penalize gonna... anybody there, did they? No, they didn't, and that was going to be my next point. Was oh, so there's your but, precedent. But, but the precedent has also been set though this season, where they penalized Denny for manipulating the race by taking Ross out. They could I... make that. They could make that same argument for this by yeah. saying. You didn't know that last caution was coming at that point, so there's a possibility Chastain was going to catch Truex and win that race. Larson, in that moment, willingly kept Chastain from winning that race. NASCAR could make that argument, but I agree, if they penalize Larson for that, it's because they didn't penalize Elliott for it at Bristol. Uh, Actually, I don't think they would even consider penalizing Larson for that right now because Chastain needs to be humbled and NASCAR's not going to make it easier for him. <laughs> well, they haven't made any moves to make it easier. At can this you point imagine yet. if every time Chastain took somebody out, they like just went slow in front of him so he didn't win the race and NASCAR just penalized everybody? Like well, at some point, you had to penalize the guy that hits first. Right. And I mean, what he did to Brennan Poole was just like, really? Yeah, just kind of like chucked him off into turn one. And I mean, and and that's the thing. And he he immediately came on the radio and was just like, I didn't mean to do that. Well, then don't do it. What were you trying to do then? Because you just drove straight into the back of him. You had nowhere else like you had. You could have backed off. You could have pulled up behind Larson. You could have gone to the inside, made it three wide, although that would have almost been just as risky. But you wouldn't have run straight into him. Instead, (laughs) you. You chose in your mind to drive straight into the back of that 15 car. Now, whether you meant to hit him with enough force to wreck him is another question, but you chose to drive straight into the back of that 15 car. So, yes, you meant to hit him. Whether you meant well, to wreck him, Well, if it isn't that's... the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just... I... I don't, and then after the race, in typical Ross fashion, he's just like, oh... I... I got to apologize to Rick Ware Racing. When I get back from Skip Barber tomorrow, I'm going to go over there and <laughs> and 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 see what I can do to help them out. And, and sure you are, Ross. Like, oh boy, helping them out might 
maybe you should have just not wrecked him in the first place. That would have been the best way to help out what's probably the most underfunded team in the series. Yeah, uh, that's, that's I don't, what I, don't, I would say if I was Rick Ware. If, imagine, yeah. like, Ross Chastain takes your driver out and he's going to apologize to you the next day and your team are like... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to send them into the wall. It's like, dude, you are one. You are literally leading the points championship right now. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you are a good enough driver to know that you're going to send somebody flying into the wall going to turn one at Dover. Doesn't, yeah, it's it, not it, that it, difficult. And that's the thing, and he like plays dumb every time, like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. You're the f- points leader. Does, if, you're, <laughs> if you're not good enough... To know that you're going to wreck somebody in that situation, how are you the, the? How are you good enough that you're the points leader? How are you at this level? It's the same problem I have with Logano and Keselowski at plate races. They always just like start sending people flying. They're like, "Oh, I didn't know the car would react like that." Well, it did the last thirteen times you did that, right? I, I don't know. Nobody's ever going like Chastain's never going to learn from his actions until somebody retaliates and takes him out. And even then, I don't think that would help. I don't think that'd do anything. It's just a car to him. Yeah. Well, the only way it's going to get his attention is if it takes him out of contention for the season. So somebody wrecks him at a key point in the playoffs that eliminates him either from that round of the playoffs or keeps him from winning the championship at Phoenix. Where's Matt is the, when you need him? Right. That is the only thing that's going to get his attention at this point. Unless, oh, NASCAR, unless NASCAR steps in at some point and does something, which at this point I don't think they're going to. Would Denny be the Matt Kenseth of today? You know... If he's not in contention in one of those rounds and it wouldn't hurt his championship hopes, I think he might be. That being that said, be hilarious. That being said, Denny has tried multiple times now to get back at Ross, and he always seems to come out on the losing end of it. So he might try to do it, and then he'd still screw himself over more than Ross. Because Denny I'm apparently cannot do retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> Denny cannot do retaliation. We've learned that at this point. I mean, even when he actually got Ross at Phoenix, he got penalized for it. What can Denny not do? Retaliate and win a championship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love on on his podcast on Actions Detrimental, he's got a segment called Dear Denny. Um, and they've got this this little jingle for it. Um and and one part of it is um, it, it, it like it ends with it ain't the track so maybe you won't choke dear Danny <laughs> <laughs> it's great no I, I, I honestly I don't understand how he's never won a championship yet he's like at the front every race the whole yep. season and then when it actually counts he's just nowhere to be found but yeah I mean I I appreciate that Ross Chastain's making the sport a little bit more interesting every week, but quit tearing people's stuff up. Yep. Especially and, when and, the, the series has made it so they can't even retaliate against you. Like, just right. quit. Well, and it's not even quit tearing people's stuff up. Don't tear underfunded teams' stuff up. Like, 
If it's Denny, yeah. it's really not as big of a deal because it's JGR. They've got enough money. They can replace that car as long as Denny doesn't get hurt. No harm, no foul money, outside of Denny's ego. Denny. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to make a comment on that one. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. When he takes out guys like like Brennan Poole Brennan and Rick Ware car. Well, Brennan Poole, was that his first cup start? No. No, 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 no. I think it was his. I think it was his first for Rick Ware, but it's it's definitely not his first cup start. Yeah. Um, But still, though, it's like, why? You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's you'd gain no advantage from sending Brennan Poole into the wall like that that early in the race. I mean, just pick a different line in the next corner. What I wonder, and I don't think he'll ever admit this, was. He's like we were saying, he's smart enough to know that what he's about to do is going to wreck Brennan Poole. And if he doesn't, he shouldn't be a cup or or at the very least, he shouldn't be the points leader in cup. Um, What I think you wonder if he sent him to get Larson too. that's the thought that I just had, because he and Larson were racing for the lead at that point. They were side-by-side side for the lead, and they came up on the lap car of Brennan Poole. I wonder, and, and this is getting very off-in-the-weeds, yeah. tinfoil hat area, but <laughs> I wonder, is Ross smarter than we're giving him credit for? Was that not a calculated decision to specifically wreck Larson without him directly wrecking Larson and take the lead from it? I don't know which and point eliminate. Eliminate some of his best competition for the win in that race. I don't know which point I want to pursue more. Either <laughs> you got one side where Ross Chastain is such a freaking genius that you can wreck people into other people, <laughs> or the other side where Ross Chastain's a freaking idiot and can't drive a race car. And I don't know which idea I like better. See, that's the thing, though. If he's that big of an idiot and can't drive a race car, he wouldn't be the Cup Series points leader. Yeah. After 11 races. We're if literally. I, if I was somebody like Danny, I'd be seeing that stat right now and going insane. We're literally right at a third of the way through the season. Like, if he wasn't that good, if he wasn't that smart of a driver, he wouldn't be the points leader at the one third mark of the season. Yeah, it, it's not going to happen. Like, he might be after race one or two. He might have a lucky Daytona or whatever. But he, you don't get to be the points leader after a third of the season without being a good driver, without being a smart driver. Yeah. I don't think we're giving him enough credit here. Boy, you should bring this up in NASCAR. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm sure they'd do something about it. Hey, you know... (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's starting to get... It's not starting to get... It's quite annoying to see him punt somebody off into a corner every week and it's just it it would be different if it was like once or twice a year or something like that but it's like every week it's like who's ross gonna crash this time and it's just it's not fun anymore it was fun when it was him and denny but then when it was like a gateway when it turned into him and denny and chase that was a show they should have parked all three of those guys yep and i i think that since you have that precedent where they were actively trying to crash each other for several laps at a time and NASCAR did nothing about it. They said, 
hey, if you do that any longer, we might have to do something about it. Like, yeah. all three of them should have been black flag. Make the precedent. Say we're not gonna exla- we're not gonna allow this. As fun as it is for Kyle and his eighteen monsters and nine bush beers, like it's not good racing, and it makes everything look like a joke from an outside perspective. I think. See, but here's the thing: NASCAR needs a villain, and Kyle Busch isn't the villain anymore now that he's at RCR, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's in a Chevy now." He's Denny Hamlin's your perfect villain. The, Denny's not the villain. Yes, he is. He's an nope. asshole to everybody. But he's still not the villain. Fans don't hate him enough for him to be the villain. There's enough people... Oh, that- I hate him enough for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you count in that regard. Um, there's enough people that hate Ross that Ross can be the villain now. It's either Ross or Ty Gibbs. It's one or the other. And Ty's been no, kind no, of no. flying under the radar this season. He gets us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can't be the villain then. No, um, no. He's literally got the Jesus car now. That's so. right. The other... <laughs> the, the only the other... Ty Gibbs will actually get a diecast of, too, because Monster's a bunch of... The other side to that is, given how Ty kind of likened himself to being Jesus at the end of last season... Oh, I remember he, that. He's literally saying on his car, he gets us... I get us. <laughs> <laughs> they need to like have a Photoshop of that car. It's like I got us, and it's like Ty Gibbs pulling yep. everybody up in the track. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad Ty Gibbs hasn't done well this year. I mean, he was pretty fast today. Te- well, technically yesterday now. Um, okay, but he yeah, was he fast at Dover. Where did he end up finishing? I, last I was paying attention, he was running like fourth. That is a good question. I have the results pulled up. Uh, 13th. Ah. One lap down. Yeah, see, that's another problem I had with this race. It wasn't... I don't think it was a bad race. Other than the Ross Chastain <laughs> that we deal with every week. But this amount of cars to run the lead lap was fairly disappointing for the whole race, I thought. You know, it's normal Dover. That's what happens when you have a track like Dover that gets long green flag runs. You're going to get a lot of people lap down. It's it's just something that happens at Dover. Thank God we have stage breaks. Right? Can't wait to get rid of those. I know. Um, I've, I've heard the rumor that those are going away next year. Yeah, I heard that too. Are they... Are they still going to try to do, like, the points at the stage? Because yeah, I under- thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, my understanding is they're going to do it like they're doing at uh, road courses this year. So you'll still get the points at each of the points that they consider to be the end of the stage. They just won't throw a caution. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not I don't have fan. so much... Of- I don't have so much of a problem with it. I mean, it's kind of part of the point system now, so you've got to kind of completely restructure the point system. Yeah, uh, it's to just, not do that. Um, it doesn't. The really... other side, the other side of that coin is the whole point of stages in the first place. The reason, their whole reason for going to stages 
was they wanted to reward the guys that ran well through the race that might have had an issue late in the race and wouldn't have anything to show for it in the end of the race point. So, like, let's say you... I'm sorry, that's just racing in my opinion. It is, but so but here was the argument. Let's say you lead, for example, today at Dover, let's say you lead 350 of the 400 laps. Like, you dominated that race. Sweet, that's a good day for me. Right, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you blow a right front tire with 20 laps to go, end of the wall, day's done, you finish 32nd. You don't okay. have the points to show for that great run that you had or the dominating run that you had. Well, it doesn't matter if you get a win in the season. That's true. Which, that, that, that's my counter to that. It's like, it doesn't matter how many stage points you get if you win a race. It matters for the guys that are like outside of the playoffs. But other than that, to be fair, though, like the guys that are outside the playoffs aren't really in the top 10 at the end of the stage normally anyway. Yeah. So it's like we had what 16 different winners last year in the Cup Series. 15. 15. Well, well basically had, to the point where you had to win a race to get into the championship. 16. We we had 15 in the regular season. I can't remember if it if it went to 16 at the end of the season or not, but there was 15 in the regular season. Okay, so 15 regular season winners out of 16 possible spots. So you have to win a race to be having a chance at the championship. Last year you did. That was the first year where it was really that big of a thing. Most years it's it's somewhere around 11 or 12 regular season winners. Like there's usually a few Still, guys that make I mean points. for all intents and purposes, I mean you kind of got to win a race. Right. Under this format, yeah. You it, even if you don't necessarily have to, it's the easiest way into the playoffs. Yeah, instead of having to go to the cutoff race, which is, what, Daytona now? Because mm -hmm. that makes sense. They wanted the excitement. <laughs> and they Honestly, got it last year when they all drove into turn one in the rain and wrecked the whole field. <laughs> I do like it when they have uh, cutoff races at, like, Bristol or whatever, where it's, like, you know, actually a fun track to have people beat and bang on each other. Daytona's not fun anymore. Daytona and Talladega, they just... it's Not sucks. with this current package. Daytona and Talladega are terrible with this package. Well, the I've never been a super huge fan of either of those tracks, just because of how that always goes. Like, you could run a perfect race, and then, you know, eight laps to go, somebody decides to be an idiot, and now you're just done. Yeah, somebody pulls a Logano or Stenhouse. A wrecky spin house. There were a couple of years, like, I don't know, 2013 to recent. It was like, if Logano got wrecked early in the race, it's like, whew, we don't have to deal with that later. <laughs> right? <laughs> and Keselowski started getting really bad about that, too. And then you get, like, Keselowski, Logano, and Stenhouse in a line together. And you're like, here comes World War Three, Right? <laughs> It's the Pinsky effect. The Logano was rubbing off on Keselowski, so they just kind of, it just kind of happened. Yeah, Keselowski's been, except for the first couple of restricted plate races, he's been better at RFK than he was at Penske about sniping people out of positions. I think part of that is because he is 
doing more team racing now, now that he's a co-owner. So he's yeah. been doing a lot of just pushing Chris Busher at those races. I'm all for it. <laughs> yep. Chris Busher deserves to do well again. He does. He absolutely does. Um, and we've got at least one viewer that I know will be very happy to hear you say that. We have a very big Chris Busher fan that's that's a regular viewer. Um, now that now that you're uh, a little more involved with the viewers, you might know that actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've liked Chris Buescher for a while. I forget what race it was. Did they won one year in the Cup Series? I don't know. I've liked Chris Buescher for a little He's while. He's won a couple races now. Yeah. He won 2021 Bristol and 20... It was probably 21 16? Bristol that I watched that he won. That's the, on that's the only one he's won in the 17 car. His first win was the fog shortened race at Pocono in that's it. That's what I'm 16. Yeah. Okay. That was when he was in the 34 car. Yeah. Cause I remember he won that race and that's like cool dude. I mean, it's mm -hmm. nice to see people like him win races. And I think RFK, I think they have more speed than they've been showing. Mm -hmm. I think they've been getting a hell of a lot of bad luck. Well, Which could be said left. for a lot of the other cars in NASCAR right now, but I think RFKs like every time they're at the front, something happens and kicks them to the back. Right. Well, and they both showed speed yesterday at Dover. I mean, they both ended up in the top ten. Keselowski was eighth, and Busher was ninth. So uh, they, I think, they're finally starting to turn the corner, and they're showing more overall speed week to week, which is which is really good to see because that team was so far down before Keselowski came over there. I don't know if it was him specifically that has been turning this team around, but there has been a noticeable change in that team since he went over there. Which is good. I mean, Roush having as much involvement in NASCAR as he's had in the past, it, it's good to have names like that still in the sport, I think. Yeah. I mean, and that, that used to be... At one point in the mid-2000s, they were the best team in the Cup Series. Mm -hmm. Back when the chase was 10 cars, was it Dumb 2000? Biff. Yeah. What was it, 2005, where, where the chase was 10 cars, and they had five of the 10 cars in the chase? Uh, who would have that have been? Kenseth, Biffle, Edwards. Kenseth, Biffle, Edwards, Martin. McMurray? Uh, was McMurray the other one? No. Because he was Ken driving, what, the 26 Ford at one point with Crown Royal? I feel like he showed up in 2006. I don't think that was him in 05. It might have still been Kurt Busch in the 97. That would make sense, yeah. Tell you what, I've been seeing a whole lot more Roush Mustangs out on the road recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. I just keep noticing them now, but they're pretty cool cars. I don't know that I've ever seen one of those on the road, or if I have, I haven't noticed it. I mean, it, it's the same as a Mustang, except it's got the Shelby Super Snake logo on the right in the back from the front tires, and then on the back, instead of saying Mustang or GT, it says Roush. Oh, maybe I have seen those. I've seen the ones with the snakes. I guess I've just never noticed they were Roush Mustangs. They make a Super Snake truck now. Oh, okay. In case you wanted a, over a thousand horsepower in a truck. <laughs> Somebody wants that, I'm sure. That would be my shits and giggles car. <laughs> would it now? So, 
Xfinity on Saturday. We actually had a Dover doubleheader on Saturday as Arca East got rained into Saturday after the Xfinity race. And I mean, honestly, not a terrible doubleheader. Um, I mean, nothing super notable in the Xfinity race outside of Ryan Truex finally winning, finally winning an Xfinity race. I mean, let's be honest, it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. especially this season. He's been extremely fast every time he's been in that 19 car this year. I, I think it was just a matter of time before he finally won that race, and we finally go to a track that he is super comfortable at, his home track at Dover, a track that he's done well on in the past. He's won there in lower series. Finally just goes out, dominates the thing, wins the race, and starts off the Truex weekend sweep, as it were, at their home tracks, which honestly was really cool to see. We were talking about before the before we started recording here, I really hope Lionel will do a two-car set for the Truex win. I don't plan on getting the the cup win for Martin Truex, but I was thinking about getting the Ryan Truex Xfinity win, but I absolutely would be down for the two-car set if they made a special Truex weekend sweep. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive to see one driver win across multiple series, but it's pretty cool to see two brothers doing it. I don't remember the last time that's happened in NASCAR. I'm sure it has, but it's just a cool little stat to have. I know the Wallace brothers, Rusty and Kenny, did it at some point. Oh, yeah, they were talking about that. Yeah, I don't remember where or when, but I know they did it. Um, And I feel like there was one other, may have been the Labonte brothers or maybe the Burton brothers. Um, yeah. or maybe both. I don't know. Um, but I I know it's it's happened. I'm pretty sure it's there's been at least one other brother pair besides uh Rusty and Kenny Wallace that have done it. But yeah, it, it's cool to see um things Bush like that happen. Brothers, I mean, probably. Yeah, I bet the Bush brothers have done it at some point. Um, but it is very cool to see. NASCAR's always been this whole family sport kind of thing. We've got so many. Fathers and sons and brothers and cousins and and things Thanks, like that. Bill Elliott. Yeah, right. <laughs> that have uh, that have raced in the sport. So it, it's very cool when something like that can happen because it it kind of takes you back to to kind of where the sport started. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see a family win, and it, it's really good to see Ryan Truex finally get a win because he's been fairly close and pretty fast all season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I hope. This launches him into a full-time ride in a quality car, maybe in a JGR car next season, because he definitely deserves it. Um, That's a guy that, um, honestly, I think is just as talented as his brother and just has never gotten the opportunities that Martin got. Um, So I'd really like to be able to see him uh, get in a car like that. You know what would be really cool, since I guess Martin is still tossing around the idea of retiring after this season, if they just oh, put they Ryan in the Ryan 19 Truex car. The, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would Speaking be. Speaking of people that deserve good rides, Josh Berry. How many times is that kid going to slap all four you know, energy drivers in the face you before say they finally give him a good ride? You say kid. He's older than both of us. So is like <laughs> most of the universe, but whatever. Right, but you don't call them kids. Whatever. But no, I get your point, and I absolutely 100% agree. He ran the hell out of that 48 car yesterday and ended up in the top 10, outran Chase Elliott, which is 
honestly, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but that's something I was saying multiple times when he was in the nine car that he was probably outrunning where Chase would be when Chase was in that nine car. As far as I'm concerned, Josh Berry has turned Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott into a mop head. Yeah. Just wipe the floor with both of them in the same car that they're driving. Yeah. Well, what's really sad is he honestly has shown he's better than both of them. And to be honest, if you consider him a Hendrick driver at this point and you lump him in there, he genuinely might be the second best driver at Hendrick right now. Yeah, I would agree with you, even though I'm a big William Byron fan. Like, I would say that he's probably only second to Kyle Larson in that team. Yeah. And And the sad thing is, though, where are you going to put him? Like, he deserves a ride in Cup, and not only does he deserve a ride in Cup, he deserves a quality ride in Cup. He has proved that now in his time in both the 9 and the 48 cars, and he's not even done in the 48 car yet, but he has proved that. But where are you going to put him? You can't oh. put him at Hendrick. I'm pretty sure they're not going to get rid of get, Bowman. You can't he's get too- rid of Chase Elliott. Bowman no. brings too much money into the team. Larson is Larson. He's really good. And... uh William Byron has, what, two, three wins this season? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to put him in anywhere there unless you could add a fifth car, but NASCAR won't let you do that anymore. Right. (laughs) Now, I mean, I I guess the rumor has been that he might replace somebody that's a very high-profile driver at a high-profile team, which to me kind of screams Kevin Harvick at this point, but... I think that'd be a huge hit to Chevrolet if Josh Berry was to leave that camp. It would, but at the same time, where are you going to put him at Chevy at this point? Like, I agree, Chevy should be looking for somewhere to put him right now in the Cup Series because he absolutely, they they should keep him in that stable. They need to keep him in that stable. Yeah. If, if they want six, longevity and success and somebody that has proven that he can run well in Chevy Cup cars. But the problem is, where are you going to put him? Because you can't put him at Hendrick. They're not going to get rid of Chase. They can't get rid of Bowman. He's too married to Ally at this point. They're not going to kick Ally to the curb like that, because if Bowman goes, Ally is probably going with him. Like you said, they can't get rid of Byron. They shouldn't get rid of Larson. Where else are they going to put him? I mean, Childress wonder, isn't good enough. I wonder if uh, Trackhouse could expand to a third full-time team. You know, that's a possibility. I hadn't th- I hadn't given that any thought. I wonder uh, if Chevy values Josh Berry enough to provide funding to Trackhouse to make that a three-car team. You know, I could see that very much. If the uh, option was him going to Ford or expanding Trackhouse, which one do you think they'd do? I think it depends on where Chevy's priorities are. It depends how much Chevy actually values him and if they look at him and they see the same thing that we do. Or if I don't they know look how at- you can't see it at this point. He's running it up wouldn't front be- every week in Xfinity. He hopped into a cup car, had like a rough week or two, and then started just beating the crap out of the rest of the Hendrick guys. It wouldn't be the first time that a manufacturer has let somebody go because they've been too short-sighted and didn't realize how good they really were. Toyota does it all the time. (laughs) Well, Toyota only has like two cars in all the feeder series, so 
They're, well, not no, really, Toyota, they're not helping themselves out. Toyota has a lot of cars in the feeder series. They don't have very many in the cup series. They've got more now, now that 2311 is there and 2311 is starting to expand, but yeah, I mean, they still, still don't have as many seats as they should have. They have what? Which six, I have heard. Six cars now? Between uh, the four JGR and yes. two, two, two 2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-
like that's petty racing i mean Mm -hmm. and it's weird not having petty like understandably he's still an owner of the team but not the owner of the team you know right well see, like, i think my whole life petty's been a team in nascar right well the thing you got to think about though is let's say there comes the day obviously richard petty's not always going to be with us um once we get past that point there won't be an actual petty involved in that team anymore how right. long can you realistically call that team petty after he's gone and there's no one named petty involved in the team anymore yeah between petty and like the wood brothers and all that kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. which i wish that team was doing better mm-hmm. the wood brothers that was always well, like the fun underdog team to root for like when ryan blaney was driving for him and all that kind of stuff like it's always fun to root for him, and now Harrison Burton is just, eh. yeah. I think Harrison ended up in Cup sooner than he should have. Um, that whole deal came together really, really quickly. Um, he needed another year or two in Xfinity, uh, but obviously, if you're Harrison and somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, you want to drive my semi-competitive Cup ride?" Yes, um, but. That all did come together very quickly, and the only reason he's even in that car was because Keselowski went to Roush. Because the original plan there was that uh, Austin Sendrick was going to go to that car. And then Sendrick was going to eventually move over to Penske once a seat opened up at Penske. But then all of a sudden, Keselowski leaves, goes to Roush, and they're like, oh, so we move Hendrick, or so we move Sendrick into the two car, now they got to fill that 21 car somehow. And they See, found Harrison Burton. Cendrick's been a little bit overrated so far in Cup. Because, I mean, he won his first race, but it was Daytona, so does that really count? But, I mean, Logano does well on a consistent basis. Blaney's usually in the hunt until he inevitably screws up somehow. He didn't then, screw up today. He actually gave Truex a really good run on that last restart, more than true. I expected him to give. That, that's true. But Cindric is like nowhere to be found, always. Yeah. And it's not no, what I, you expect out of a Penske car, because, I mean, I'm a big IndyCar fan, and if you see a Penske car under about 15th place, you're like, whoa, what happened mm-hmm. there? <laughs> right. It It makes you wonder if, Cindric didn't get moved up too quickly, or if he's not better, or if he's not worse than what he's touted to be, or like you said, overhyped. Um, because, yeah, in his later time in Xfinity, he was really good. But outside of those last couple years in Xfinity, his time coming up through the feeder series was nothing all that impressive. Um, he was not very good in trucks. In fact, his first win in trucks was very controversial when he wrecked Kaz Grala in the keyhole at Mosport, just straight oh. up overdrove the keyhole and drove straight through Kaz Grala on the last lap just to win the race. Um, gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. I guess, but Mosport's known for wild finishes like that where people do Canadian things. tire. Yeah. Yeah, and Chase Elliott did that one year. 
Yep, he drove through Ty Dillon one year, and then there was the year... That Ty uh, Dillon deserves it. <laughs> then there was the year that John Hunter Nemechek literally drove Cole Custer into the wall and pinned him against the wall all the way to the line. Cole Custer deserves it, too. Although that was pretty good when Custer literally full sprint off of pit road comes out and tackles John Hunter on the front stretch as he's getting the checkered flag, like a freaking linebacker running out there and just bam right onto the asphalt. You know, Cole Custer is many things, but seeing him run full tilt at me would be freaking terrifying. That is a big (laughs) dude for NASCAR driver. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that would, uh, especially as small as John Hunter is, I would have been worried for my life at that point. Boy, that'd be like Ryan Newman running at you. Right? You'd get hit with the whole farm. <laughs> yep. Uh, that is uh, one of the many infamous Mosport finishes. I really wish they'd put Mosport back on the truck schedule. That was always a very big source of entertainment every year. I can't year. believe it's not on there anymore. It hasn't been ever since COVID. I'm surprised they haven't put it back on yet. Um, maybe next year. Hopefully next year. Uh, hey, uh, JRM finally didn't screw up this week. Oh, all, yeah, all true. All four of their cars are in the top ten. Yeah. Now, it, granted, none of them won, but... Yeah, but Josh Berry is second. Yeah. So. And, I mean... As we said, it shouldn't be surprising out of Josh Berry, which and that's the thing. And I think people are finally catching up and realizing how good Josh Berry really is, because that's one thing I know. Junior has been a huge fan of Josh Berry for a long time um, and finally was able to get the funding to put him in an Xfinity car so everyone else could see how good Josh Ooh. Berry is. Josh Berry landing spots in Cup Series. What if Dale Jr.? finally sees that Josh Berry isn't going to get a cup ride with the current team and goes up to cup. You know, I have heard the scuttlebutt. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I have heard scuttlebutt that Junior would buy Spire and it would be a two-car team with Berry and LaJoy. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I do too. I really kind of hope that happens. That I I would like that a lot. That would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Just like name it DEI. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I don't think that can happen until Teresa's gone. But um, you, Teresa, right? Yeah, that's that's the only villain NASCAR needs is Teresa Earnhardt. Yeah. Right. So we don't need a Ross Chastain or Denny Hamlin. Just bring back Teresa Bernhardt every time we have something go wrong right. in NASCAR. <laughs> uh, the one taking what... away my damn cool throwback paint schemes every year. Although, did, did you see, um, I think it's Ryan Ellis. Whoever's in the 43 for um, Alpha Prime at Darlington um, is a Kevin Harvick, like, 2004 throwback. You know, like, the gray car that had like the black lightning bolt down the side. Ooh. Oh, yeah. the one with like the neon orange numbers. Yes. Oh, well, that was. No, it didn't have neon orange. Uh, it was like, was it, it was like white or black numbers. Yeah. Oh, three, oh, four. It's the GM Goodwrench car that had, yeah. it was black with the silver lightning flame thing. And the, numbers okay. So yeah, I had, I had the orange. colors backwards. Were they orange? 
Yeah. Okay. I don't remember the numbers being orange, but okay. Well, it doesn't make sense to have a black car with black numbers, Garth. Well, I was thinking the numbers were white. (laughs) Or whatever the opposite color was for the lightning bolt. Orange. Okay, whatever. Um, The classic Kevin Harvick paint scheme. Yeah. And then, my personal favorite throwback so far is Carson Hosevar's truck. The Dale Jarrett Brown Flames car. Oh. (laughs) Yes. I want that die cast yesterday. (laughs) I want it now. (laughs) I have the Dale Jarrett die cast of that scheme. I want the truck throwback to go with it. I will pay top dollar for that. Lionel could charge me $200 for that, and I'd pay for it. I will never not be mad that the track house throwbacks from last year that were the oh the coke, coke ones the coke cola ones i will yep. never not be mad that those aren't in diecast because i would like actually have paid 200 dollars each for those don't blame lionel for that one that one that one is for- teresa wasn't it no that one is coke coke oh, will not let coke will not let any of their uh schemes be made in diecast form because they have an exclusive license with some other diecast provider. I don't remember who. I could go on another podcast rant about <laughs> exclusivity licenses yep. because nothing screams bad advertising than exclusivity. But it's all greed is what it is. And oh, I we, know we've talked about that with the video games. It's just greed because these companies don't care as long as they're getting their exclusivity payment they don't care how many units are sold. They don't care whether anything sells because they still get their exclusivity paycheck regardless of anything else. And that's all they care about. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's so stupid. And I hate it. Welcome yeah. to modern marketing. It's just terrible. Welcome to modern business. It's terrible. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, so IndyCar this weekend, Grosjean got the pole and finished second uh, again. Literally choked this time. Actually, yeah. 100% choked that one away. Should have won. Him. It was uh, like the different weaknesses of great characters in history. is like Achilles with the heel and like Samson with the hair and all that. And it was Grosjean and pushed the pass. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, literally and nobody could even figure out where all his push to pass went he even couldn't figure it out like yeah they, a put, bunch they of put up the stat with like 30 laps to go and i was like how do you have zero right because it wasn't long before that didn't they say he had like 150 seconds or something yeah i think in the past they've had like a glitch where the system just drops all the energy and i wonder if something happened like that but i feel like we would have heard about it by now you would think so. Maybe because it cost him the win, they don't want to really say anything about it because then they would have to maybe go back and do something to maybe give him the win. Yeah. See, that's, just, see, that's the feel thing. Like if, if, if you, you say he should have had that and if he would have had it, would the outcome of the race have been different? I don't think you can blame winning or losing a race on having or not having pushed to pass. That's the thing, though, because if he'd had pushed a pass to counter uh, Scotty Mack when he had that issue in turn five, he would have probably held the lead at that point. And I think 
Yeah. Let let's say he still had 150 seconds. He would have had more push to pass than what he still burned off his tires pretty bad though. He did, but if he had more push to pass, would that have made the difference? Yeah, I see your point. It's just it's starting to get old that Gershon is doing very well and not having the finishes for it. He's he's gonna get a win, and I'm gonna make a preemptive pick for two weeks out for the Indy GP. Grosjean's gonna win that race. He got the I pole. Think... He got the pole there in a Rick Ware car. <laughs> well, to be fair, Rick Ware cars have historically been better in IndyCar than they have in NASCAR. So I don't know that that's as big of oh, a... Historically, IndyCar is better than NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it, but I'm not going to agree with it either. They care about the right series, Garth. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, honestly, no. I don't think he wins the GP. Watch, I think he's going to finish second again. I think this is all building up to him winning the 500. It a uh, month long sweep. That's right. No, I I feel like that would be so much better though if he goes out and gets second at the GP again. All these seconds and <laughs> all of this just barely missing out on a win for him to go out and win the 500, and that's his first IndyCar win. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I will be there to see it if it happens. Yeah. Yes, you will. Um, yeah, I'll be going to the GP and the 500 again this year for like the seventh year or something like that. But yeah, I mean, that'd be super cool if Grosjean can somehow pull off the 500. He did okay last year at the 500, but I think the 500 is such a steep learning curve that like, it's kind of cool because either you get it or you don't. And your first year, you mostly get it, but your second year, if you don't get it yet, you're just never going to understand how to race the 500. And I think Grosjean did pretty well last year, all things considered. The Andretti cars all had minor issues last year. They were not awesome, but I would love to see Scott Dixon win the 500 again. I think, yeah. I think if he wins the 500 and wins or is competitive in the championship, he might consider retirement. That's my flaming hot IndyCar take. I vaguely... I'm trying to think. He was on the Dale Jr. download not long ago, and I feel like the topic of retirement came up. Yeah, and I, 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 I think his response was like the generic, well, as long as I'm competitive kind of thing. Right. But wouldn't you want to go out on a high of finally winning the 500 again and getting the record, another record championship? I almost feel like, I don't know if this was him. Maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else. But I'm thinking it was him that said something along the lines of he wants to go out and win the championship. And then if he wins the championship this year, he'll retire on the spot. I might be confusing him with somebody else, but I feel like that might have been yeah. him. I don't specifically remember that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Because that'd be, what, his eighth championship? Would it be his eighth? Has he won seven? I was thinking he's won five. It's more than five. Uh, six. six. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, six. Okay, it'd Wait. be the seventh. 
You said five. Oh, I did say five. Okay, so we were both wrong. Meet in the middle, compromise. We were both wrong (laughs) the exact same amount. It'd be his seventh, which would put him in line with, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Richard Petty, and all the... Well, if you're including NASCAR in it, sure, but it puts him in a class of his own in IndyCar, does it not? He's already in a class of his own. Well, that's what I thought, yeah. I mean, he's already... The only thing Scott Dixon's missing is more success at the 500, because he's already got a win, and he has the fastest pole time in history, but... Gosh, he's had the best car at the 500 for the last four years and hasn't gotten a win. And it's so frustrating because last year he was on his way to cruise to a win. Last pit stop got a speeding penalty. And that's just how it works for Scott Dixon sometimes. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Alabama this weekend wasn't super awesome. It was, you know, it's better than F1 which is a super, super low benchmark. But, you know, Penske finally made the three-stop strategy work at Alabama. Penske finally made the three-stop strategy work at Alabama. It has never had a... Nobody's ever won at Alabama making three pit stops until Penske did it this weekend. And it's just kind of interesting because... The three-stop strategy lets you just go flat out the whole race, which the drivers really like. But it's been historically pretty hard to pass the guys on two stops because you have to pass way more people. And I'm just surprised it never worked before. That was a surprising, like, Larry Mack-style stat (laughs) that they said. And I was like, really? Because you would think they would have worked at some point. Because McLaughlin was on three-stop, wasn't he? And Grosjean was on two? Yeah. And they said that the Penske cars committed to it early and just kind of went from there. Well, to be fair, didn't the three-stoppers get saved by that caution in the middle when Stingray Rob parked it out there somewhere? It helped a lot. Um, they definitely got lucky, but it, it that wasn't going to be the make-or-break thing for it. They were still going to be... It was probably going to be Grosjean and then the two Penske cars at the end of the race, but that kind of just leapfrogged them over. Um, tight championship battle, though. Erickson still leads championship, which if you had told me five years ago that Erickson be leading the IndyCar championship, it would have been like, huh? But, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of competitive guys up there. Grosjean's in fifth, only 15 points out, even though he... As DNF twice. That's how good he's been mm-hmm. finishing when he's able to finish the race. And so. yet still hasn't won a race. Yeah, I mean, he's, what, finished second twice? Yeah, twice this season. Mm-hmm. And then third was the other one that he didn't DNF, right? Uh, this is the fourth race of the season. So, okay, crashed, so out at, crashed out so- at Texas and crashed out at St. Pete. Okay, so DNF, DNF, second, second. And he's fifth in championships. <laughs> I don't know if that says more about him or the <laughs> the level of competition in the rest of the series right now. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. But, yeah, no, it'll it'll be fun because IndyCar still has the, or a pure points standing, you know, points situation, unlike... NASCAR, but 
it's interesting because IndyCar has come down to the last race of the season, like the past five or six years. It's just cool because it's still what we've always done and it's still working out. And I just wish IndyCar would get more publicity. But we're about to go to the biggest publicity day of IndyCar for the entire year because it is now the month of May. And we'll be closing out with Indianapolis 500 with 350,000 of our best friends. Well, you will be. I won't except be there, you. But... You you won't be there because you suck. Because I'm not. I'm I'm not one of those best friends. Apparently, no. I guess not. I'm the I'm the three hundred fifty and one three hundred fifty thousand and one best on the best friend list. Yeah, we need to get you to the five hundred sometime. I mean, I've been to the five hundred. It's been a while, but yeah, I've, I've been to a few. Yeah, you need to go to the GP if you haven't. I have not been to the GP. It's fun. I've been there every every year except for the COVID year. Yeah. Well, if you're going to get me to the GP and the 500, I'm going to get you to ARCA and trucks at IRP. Okay. It's on a Saturday night? Uh, Friday night. It's the Friday night of the of the weekend when Cup and Xfinity and IndyCar are on the on the IMS road course. It's a doubleheader at IRP Friday night with Trucks and Arca. Saturday is Xfinity and IndyCar at IMS, and Cup is on Sunday. Ooh, I think. Okay. Or, well, yeah, I think it's the same weekend. Why do I feel like it's not the same weekend? It was last year. I don't know. I will go if I am able to, because I've always okay. wanted to go to IRP. I've always thought that was a cool place. Well, we'll get we'll get the thing set up that we were talking about before this for for IRP for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need a personal day. Uh, August. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. August eleventh. <laughs> yeah. So why? Uh, no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh. Okay. So the only other race we really haven't touched on is Arca, which. I did the rewind show for that. So if you want to know in depth about that race, check that out. I'll link it below in the description, but uh, the quick and dirty Jake Finch won his first career Arca win in the 20 car for Venturini. Connor Jones had a hard hit with 10 laps to go. And Tony Bridinger actually ran well and was running fourth until the last caution. So that's, uh, that's the quick and dirty on uh, Arca, Arca East at Dover. Uh, now predictions for this weekend at Kansas. So we've got three races at Kansas this weekend, and I believe that's it because I don't think or F1 doesn't ever go back to back weekends, do they? I feel like they do at some point, but it's not now. I don't think they ever do. They probably don't. No, their next race is. Remember, it's too difficult for them to pack up and move from Germany to France when NASCAR is no, going wait. from California to New York. No, they are this weekend. They're in Miami this weekend. Oh. Okay, so F1 at Miami this weekend. That's apparently news to all of us. Remember, um, it, it's F1 at Miami, not F1 race at Miami. Right. Um, will be Sunday at... 3.30 Eastern. Um, so, because it's in the U.S., it's actually a 
decent time for us, although that's, I think, exactly when the cup race is, probably. And exactly when I go to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not exactly when the cup race is. The cup race starts at 3 on Sunday. So the cup race at least starts before. That might NASCAR be intentional. NASCAR showdown. Well, that might be intentional. NASCAR might be trying to undercut them and start early so that they can like be on and be the first thing that people think about. And well, not NASCAR wouldn't, NASCAR wouldn't start at 3.30. They've been starting at 3 anyway. No, they had a bunch of races at 3.30, too. 3.30 is like the go-to time. start time. It noon. Is. Noon. Right. Noon. Um, David Lynch but, showed up. Noon. Yeah. Um, Arca and Trucks doubleheader Saturday at Kansas. Arca's at 2 Eastern, and Trucks are at 8 Eastern, both on FS1. And then 8 cup PM? Is, yes. Holy hell, we get a Kansas night race? Fuck yeah. Right? Uh, and Cup is on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on FS1. I take back my noon comments. 8 p.m. <laughs> right? Every race, 8 p.m. <laughs> um, be so much right. more fun. Right? All right, so who you got for trucks? For trucks, I am going to go with Zane Smith. We made a joke about this before we started doing the podcast about how I need to quit yes. picking Zane this, Smith. This is the Tyler Guthrie try not to pick Zane Smith challenge. I am legit. I'm I'm going to go back. I'm pretty sure you've picked Zane Smith for every truck race except for the races that I picked him. I'm pretty sure you picked him for every race. Well, I'm going to counter this and say maybe it should be the Zane Smith don't be good at every track challenge because he dominated I, this race last year. I, I, you have a good point. He was by far the class of the field last year, pretty much every week. I, I don't blame you for that, but at the same time, it's getting a little predictable with your predictions. <laughs> okay. I, maybe I maybe can, I'll pay attention more to the truck series this week and be able to make a more educated pick next week, but... As I can make as... I can I'm going to start making predictions that you're going to pick Zane Smith every week and I will be right every week. <laughs> Maybe I'll finally get a win on my prediction this week. <laughs> Maybe. Every time I think every time I pick Zane Smith he's crashed. So see yours bad luck charm but yet you keep picking him. Well, it's not my problem. <laughs> I mean it is when you're not winning the picks although we're not really keeping track of them so I don't I don't know what we're winning for making these predictions. In uh, the first we should have we should have like started a bracket at the beginning of the year. So well, no, we should have we should have made points. That's honestly, what I'm yeah. Okay, so if I get the time, I'm gonna go back. We're gonna tally up points for these. That's what we're gonna do with these. Um, and if y'all want to go along at home and see if you can beat us with these, great. Go ahead. Um, but head to head showdown. We both suck. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically I'm just going to take however many points, uh, like, so let's say Zane finishes second this week, you get whatever points it is that he makes for second and my pick, which is going to be Christian Eckes. I think he gets win number two for the season this week at Kansas. Um, so let's say, let's say Christian finishes fifth. Um, my points would be whatever the points for fifth would be. And I'll I'll tally all those up for everybody for the season, and we'll keep this going. We'll see which one of us wins at the end of the season. Oh, okay. And again, if you guys want to play along at home as well, you can see if you can beat us. Great. Okay. <laughs> so, cup race Sunday. Who you got? Tyler Reddick. 
Uh, let's see. Bubba Wallace won this race. I think it was the fall Kansas race last year in a 2311 car. And I think... And, and Kurt, in this car, won the spring race. That's right. And Well, actually, it was this car both times. Yeah, true. It was this car both times. So, I think the 45 slash 23 slash whatever for 2311 is going to go 3 for 3 and win Kansas again. You know, that's a pretty solid pick. I, I'm a little jealous of that. Um, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I don't really have a reason for that. I'm just kind of feeling Denny Hamlin this week. I don't know why. Maybe it was You're too... feeling Denny Hamlin? That's kind of weird. Yeah, you know, I'm a weird guy. Okay, Ross. <laughs> Maybe I just did it to spite Tyler. Yeah, that's fair. I felt Denny to spite Tyler. Somebody's got to love Denny because I don't. This is true. Somebody has to. I don't know who it is, but it's not Tyler. It's you this week. It is me this week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But yeah, that's that's what I'm going with this week is Denny Hamlin. We'll see how that goes. But that is uh, predictions for this week. Let us know in the chat or down in the comments who you think uh, will win this week's truck. And we forgot to predict F1. We forgot to pick F or forget. Uh, shit. We well, you forgot could... to predict F1 this weekend, so we both had to pick Max Verstappen just to keep it on a level playing field. No, you can pick Max. I'm going to take Checo. Because I, w- I want things to become competitive because the more Checo <laughs> wins, Checo is the only thing keeping Max from running away with the championship at this point. Because yeah. none of the Aston Martins, none of the Mercedes, none of the Ferraris are going to be able to get anywhere close to Red Bull in the championship this year. No, Checo right. is the only one that's going to be able to keep any kind of pace with Max. So in the interest of parity, yeah. I'm picking Checo and hoping Checo wins. Yeah, I don't like either of them, so <laughs> fair enough. All right, well, that is uh, predictions for this week. Like I said, let us know in the chat or down in the comments. Uh, your predictions for Cup, Trucks, ARCA, uh, F1, whatever you want to give us predictions for, um, who you think is going to win any of those races. So, But I think that's going to do it. Um, should be an ARCA Rewind this weekend for Kansas. I don't know if there will be a Trucks Rewind or not, but I'll try and do that as well. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next week on this uh, on this great podcast, the Rookie Stripes Podcast. But at that, I'm Garth. That's Tyler, and this is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now.